morning and I started thinking about just the fact that Jesus died, right, was buried, and that he rose again. And what did that mean for my life? And it, and it really, it took me back for when, when, when the first time I heard Jesus' voice and what he did in my life and when he saved my life, when the, rexer, when the resurrection became something personal in my life. And I happened to be incarcerated at that time. And I remember, obviously, I'm here today, praise God, right? He set me free. And that's not, the, that's not what I want to talk about. What I do want to talk about is the fact that while I was in there, when God saved my life, I end up asking God, Lord, you know, why did you, why did you have to put me in here to save me? I mean, you could have did it out there. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't have to experience this imprisonment and things like that, you know? And what he told me, real simple, real direct, he said, because you could not hear my voice when you were out there. I had to put you in a place, right, so that you can hear my voice. And for me, that place was a jail cell. For you... That place may be here today. It may be here on an Easter day, right? And the Bible says real fast, fingerprint, right? Now I was not picking it up. There it is. The Bible says in Psalm 46.10, he says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. See, some of us throughout this whole year, God's been trying to speak to you. God's been trying to just whisper his voice in your ear. And today he brought you here for a reason. And my encouragement for you today, don't wait until you find yourself in prison, right? It may not be a literal prison, right? But it may be somewhere else where you find yourself, you know, locked up somewhere. Don't wait for that. But today, here's God's voice. Listen to what he has to say through the worship, through the word, and be blessed. Amen? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, that, Lord, you're the God of the universe, God, and you use means like this, God, to come and whisper, Lord God, your word into our heart, into our ears, God, so that we can be saved, God. I believe, Lord God, that today is more important than your birthday, God, because today, Lord God, we celebrate your resurrection, Lord God, which gives everlasting life to everyone who believes, God. Have your way today, Father, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you guys. Hallelujah. Come on and clap your hands. See, I was lost. I was lost with a broken heart. You fixed me up and now I'm set apart. From the ash I am born again. Forever safe in the Savior's. You're more. You are more than my words can say. I'll follow you, Lord, for all my days. Fix my eyes, following the way. Forever free in an ending grace You are Because you are, you are, you are My freedom We live too higher Live too higher Your love, your love, your love Never ending Oh, oh, oh For church to say You are alive in us Nothing can take your place You are all we your love has set us free. Oh, oh, oh. 
Dancing in the mist In the mist of the darkest night Well, let your love be the shining light Breaking chains that were holding me You sent your son down to set me free Everything of this world will fade I'm pressing on till I see your face I will live that your will be done I won't stop I won't stop till you're king You are You are, you are, you are My freedom We lift you higher Lift you higher Your love, your love, your love Never ending Oh, oh, oh You are alive in us Nothing can take your place You are all we Who you are, you are alive in us. Nothing can take your place. You are all we need. Your love has set us free. Cause you are, cause you are, you are, you are. Sing it out. Live to higher. Your love, your love, your love never. Sing it again, you are. Because you are. Because you are, you are, you are my freedom. We live. lift the name of Jesus in this place. Your love, your love, your love never ending. Oh, oh, oh. You are alive in us. Nothing can take your place. You are all we us free one more time you are alive in us nothing can take your place you are all we need your love has set us free Ooh, oh, oh. amen amen it's good to see some new faces in the house of the Lord this Easter. Let's just take the next couple of moments. Why don't you greet your neighbor to the left, to the right, behind you. Tell him it's so good to see you here. Happy Easter. He is risen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning with, with all of you here. I just want to take your attention to Matthew. And if you have your Bible or electronic device, if you could open up with me to Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20, I'm going to read it out. Last week, we read about the Palm Sunday when he was entering in Jerusalem, how they were praising his name. And we had an awesome time of worship. Amen. And in doing so, we're talking about when Jesus came back and he died and he rose again. Good Friday. Amen. Crucified for all of our sins. Somebody say, my sins. And he rose again on the third day. That's what we're celebrating here today. 
And so Jesus, before he left the earth, he gathered his disciples. And here we are, Matthew 28, 16. It says this. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But check this out. But some doubted. After everything that had happened, still some doubted. Isn't that crazy? There may be some people in this place here this morning in this church that may be doubting the Lord. But Jesus says this. He said, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And I love this part because it remains true to this day. And surely I am with you always. Somebody say always. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Let me ask you something. Do you think that Jesus says things and doesn't keep his word? I bid to you this morning that as we're here to celebrate Easter with family and friends, Jesus is here right now. Come on, let's close our eyes and worship. You said always, God. You don't take back what you said, God. You said you're with us always, and we know that you're in this place. Come on, saints, let's worship him. Isn't he worthy of our praise? God, you're beautiful. You're wonderful. We say thank you for the cross. Thank you, God, that the thing that was separating us, our sin, has now been broken. We have access to the throne room. We thank you, Lord. Come on, your own words, would you thank the Lord before we sing this next song called Forever. How fitting. Thank the Lord in your own words, in your own voice. Thank you for the cross. stars the moon and stars they wept the morning sun was there the savior of the world was falling his body on the cross his blood poured out for us the weight of every curse Heaven looked away, the Son of God was laid in darkness. A battle in the grave, the war on death was waged, the power of hell forever gone. The ground begins to shake, the stone was rolled away. Perfect love will not be overcome. Now death wears your sting. 
sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. The Lamb is overcome. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, Metro Praise. Why don't you lift your voice right now? Oh, we sing hallelujah to the Hallelujah to the Lord of Lords, to the Prince of Peace, to God, the Creator of the heavens and of the earth. We sing Hallelujah this morning. We sing, we sing Hallelujah to the God who left the heavens, who left the glory to come to earth, to walk amongst us. Oh, rakatarababababababababa, say Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, come on, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. We sing hallelujah to the king, to the one who overcame death, to the one who destroyed the presence, the penalty of sin over all of our lives. We sing hallelujah to the one who destroyed the power of sin over all of our lives. This morning we reverence your name, King Jesus. We come to celebrate your resurrection. We come, dear God, with glad and joyful hearts, dear God, because we're so grateful for what you've done for all of mankind. Come on, why don't you thank him for three things right now God has done in your life. Lord, thank you for my salvation. Thank you for not seeing my sin any longer. Thank you for restoring my heart, dear God, giving me a clean heart, a new heart. Thank you for transforming my mind. Come on. Thank you for giving me a hope and a purpose this morning. Thank you because you're a good father, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. This morning, King, Father, we thank you for your presence that's in this place. We thank you for your peace that is so evident right now. As you're preparing the hearts of your people to receive your word, Father, there's there's many types of people here this morning, people who know you, people who don't. Lord, I pray, dear God, that this morning hearts would be open to receive you as Lord and Savior. I pray that hearts would get right with you. Backsliders would come running back to you, dear God. Believers, dear God, would be strengthened in our faith, dear God, more than ever before. So have your way, Holy Spirit, this morning. Father, we want to see your hands move. Metro Praise, do you want to see God's hand move this morning? Do you want to see God do the miraculous this morning? Woo, hallelujah. Have your way, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Give him some praise right now one more time. Woo, God is so good. Why don't you greet your neighbor and find a seat? Welcome to Metro Praise International. My name is Pastor Griselda. I want to take this time to invite all of the children to head right back there. Your, your Sunday school teacher is waiting for you. Thank you for joining us here on Easter Sunday. 
Thank you that you came to celebrate with us what Jesus Christ did on that cross. And right now what we're going to do is we're going to prepare our hearts for a time of communion. And so our ushers are going to begin to pass out these elements. This is something that we do here at Metro Praise, not out of tradition. We do it with a heart of thanksgiving and a heart of remembrance. Amen? Jesus is the reason why we're here, right? This man who walked the earth did something so powerful and so amazing for us. And so today we remember him. Today we celebrate the life of Jesus and what he did on the cross. And so I want to read this passage with you before we get into the communion. This passage that, that shares about communion, it tells us why we break bread together. It says in 1 Corinthians 11:23, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Somebody say, for me. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Amen? And so what does this passage mean? Jesus was talking about the bread, the wafer, the bread and the wine representing him. Jesus says that this bread represents him in the way that it was broken, in the way when Jesus' actual body was broken and was beaten on that cross and when he was crucified. And he did it for you and I. The Bible says that Jesus becomes the, our sacrifice, where when you and I deserve that punishment, where you and I deserved to die, in such a manner, he took our place. You see, we understand that we have all sinned, each and every person, each and every one of us, we've all fallen short of God's glory. We've all sinned. I myself am not perfect and was not always saved, all right? And I was a sinner in the eyes of God, and although I considered myself a good person, I was not. And it took for the gospel to be preached to me, for my eyes to be opened, and for my eyes to look at that cross and be grateful that someone put, took the punishment that I deserved. Amen? And it was on an Easter Sunday, April 8th, 2007, where I surrendered my, my life to Christ here in a service just like you. Amen? And I didn't go into service believing and knowing that my life would forever be changed. But God met me there in that church service. And he spoke to my heart, and I was never again the same. Not because I'm any better, but because he reached out his hand, and I accepted it. Amen? And so that stands for you today. As we take communion, let us not do it out of a heart of religion. The Bible says if you want to be right to take this communion, you have to believe. You have to have faith in Christ Jesus. Believe in what he did, his death, his burial, and resurrection. Amen? And the blood, the wine representing the blood of Jesus that washes away our sin. Washes away the sin, representing the new covenant that it's no longer in our doing. Amen? It's no longer in what you and I can do, but it's in what he has done. That blood marking us as his. Amen? 
And so what I want to do this morning, if you don't know him as Lord and Savior, you better get ready. You better get ready because you're not here by accident. You're here because someone's been praying for you. You're here because the Holy Spirit has been stirring someone up about your life. And God has amazing plans in store for you. And all he says is surrender and open your heart to me. And I will be Lord and Savior of, of your life. Amen. I want to take this time right now to pray for those who don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Father God, you know the hearts of all men. You know the depths of our heart. You know the wickedness that resides within our hearts. But yet you still call us to be yours. You still call us into communion with you. So I pray that this morning, if someone doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, whatever thing they may be holding on to, whatever sin, whatever addiction, whatever excuse, Father, we pray would come crumbling down right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, we pray for born-again spirits here this morning. We pray for new life and new creation, never again the same. Remove, dear God, the blindfolds. Remove, dear God, that thing that stands between them and you. In Jesus' name, I pray that they would see and understand that you are everything. You are the reason for this life. You are our purpose. And nothing else compares to you. In Jesus' name, have your way, Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Please stand to your feet as we get ready to take this communion together. Are you ready? Amen and amen. So why don't you take the wafer? And we're going to pray together. Can you open the top for me? We're going to pray together over this wafer and over this juice. And I want you to not just take it, but out of a heart of gratitude as we take this, you, between you and God, he hears your prayers. Open up your mouth and you pray a prayer of thanksgiving to the king. Amen. Hallelujah, Father God, we take this wafer right now, representing your body, and Lord, we give you glory, honor, and praise. We thank you for the sacrifice that you made for us. We know, dear God, we know what it costs, dear God, Father, that you sent your one and only Son, something so precious for mankind who had rejected you. So we take this wafer this morning, dear God, with a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving. And we say, have your way in our lives in Jesus' name. Go ahead and take the wafer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, King Jesus. Hallelujah. Now we're going to take the juice representing Jesus' blood. Father, we thank you that your blood washes over our sins, that when you see us, you no longer see the sin and the wickedness. We, you see your son, Jesus Christ. You see the blood, dear God of Christ, that has covered over us. And we thank you for taking our place. We thank you for making a way for us. And you've prepared a path of righteousness, dear God. So right now, let's take this juice together. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, we give you glory, honor, and praise. Right now, what we're going to do is we're going to sing one last song together with an attitude of thanksgiving, a heart of worship to, unto the King. Hallelujah. What can wash? And what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of 
can make and what can make me whole again nothing but the blood of Jesus and oh precious is and the Holy Spirit who makes me new and abides in me forever. I believe in the perfect Holy Bible that reveals God's purposes and plans for my life. I believe in the second coming of Jesus who will judge the living and the dead. I believe in the eternal reward of believers in Jesus and the eternal punishment for all unbelievers in Jesus. I believe in the United Church of Jesus Christ built upon apostles and prophets, elders and deacons, in which the gates of hell shall not prevail. I believe in the salvation for all mankind. It is by faith alone, in Christ alone, by God's grace alone, and for the glory of God alone. Amen and amen. Give them some praise. 
If you need some prayer, our prayer workers will be right over here on the side for you. Otherwise, please greet your neighbor. We'll get started soon. As distant hearts begin believing Redemption's bit is unrelenting Your love goes on Your love goes on When the world keeps waiting Carry us, carry us With your own to our Easter service. Thank you all for coming this morning. We welcome you to Metro Praise International. It is so wonderful 
to meet all of your family and friends. Thank you so much for coming and choosing Metro Praise to worship the Lord. How many of you guys love worshiping the Lord together on Resurrection Sunday? Come on. Thank you for joining us for our Easter service. We are uh, bringing to an end our Abundant Life sermon series. So you're going to learn how to have an abundant life in Christ today. And we just want to remind you that we will be having a children's presentation in just a few moments. And we are having our free family portraits available for you. So especially if you wanted to come and visit us and get your family picture, that will be available in the foyer for you after service. It's going to be very nice and organized. You'll get a ticket. You'll be able to find your pictures online. So please don't leave without your free family portrait today. We thank you so much for joining us for our Easter service. We also want to invite, oh, here are our services every Sunday at 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. We want to have you keep on coming back. And it's not too late right now to text your friends to come to our 1 p.m. service. So if you have friends that are not going to church on Easter, text them right now. Say, you got to be here for the 1 p.m. So every Sunday we have our 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. The Sunday uh, services are our family service. So we have children's, King's Kids Children's Ministry in the back for infants to 11 years old. And we also have Elevate every Friday at 7 p.m. That's our Elevate Youth Service for our students 11 to 18 years old. If you know any teenagers in that age group, you want them to be here on Friday night. Let me get a hoorah. Come on. We want to invite you guys to come back for our spiritual growth sermon series starting next week for the whole month of April. So we want to let you guys know, don't be a creaster. Look to your neighbor say, don't be a creaster. That means you just come to church on Christmas and Easter. Okay? No creasters in the house today. You come back next week and dedicate your life to Jesus and learn how to grow spiritually. It's going to be such a refreshing sermon series for the month of April. So we really want to encourage you to come back, invite your friends and family, and put God first every day. Because every day is Resurrection Day. Amen. We celebrate the life of Jesus every day because he's given us new life. So come on back. We also want to let you guys know about some t-shirts we have. We've restocked some of the old styles. We've got some new styles. So if you want a Chicago for Jesus shirt, we have them in black and gray. We have the thick hoodies, the thick sweater hoodies in black and gray, as well as the regular T-shirts, Chicago for Jesus, black and gray. And we also have two new styles. We have the long T-shirts. Okay, those are pretty cool, the long ones. Both guys and girls like those. And we also have the long sleeve T-shirt hoodies, which are perfect for the spring. So if you would like one, you can place your order. You can ask Pastor Griselda um, or anybody that you see kind of standing around. If you want help in purchasing that, you could also go online. So feel free to buy that today or go online. We would love for you to wear a Chicago for Jesus shirt and represent the Lord in this city. Somebody say Metro Praise. Here at MPI, we have a vision. We have a vision of loving God and loving people. That's the two greatest commandments that Jesus gave to us. And so that's how we want to live our life. And that's the vision of the church, to love God with all of our heart and to love people like Jesus loves people. And then we also have a strategy. Somebody say strategy. 
our strategy is to connect, mentor, and send. We want to connect you to Jesus, connect you to the church through our life groups. We also want to mentor you through our 101 and 201 books. That's where we get into people's lives and help you grow in your walk with the Lord. And then we want to send you out to do evangelism, to preach the gospel on the streets, to tell people about God that don't know about God. And our goal is to have 100,000 disciples in Chicago with 50 churches and 500 around the world. If that gets you excited, say hallelujah. So our vision, our strategy, and our goal is very important to us. So somebody say connect. This is how you connect at MPI, through our life groups. If you turn your hand out around, you'll see the schedule of this quarter. We're coming to the end of the quarter, January, February, and March. And so we'll be entering into a new quarter starting next week. But this is a snapshot of what's happening this week. That is the wrong slide. I'm sorry. Sunday marriage group. That was last week. I don't know what happened. Did I? So kicking it off on Wednesday this week. So there's no life groups today, but Wednesday every week we have King's Kids, infant to 11 years old at 6.30 here at the church. Then every week on Thursday we have our gang outreach, 18 years and up, 7 p.m. And then Fridays every week we have our two adult Bible studies. One is at the Govea's house, the other one at the Vivid's house, 18 years and up, 7 p.m. So no life groups today. This week, it's all of our weekly life groups. Wednesday, King's Kids, Thursday, Gang Outreach, and Friday is our adult Bible study. If you guys want to be a part of that, please uh, look to your announcements there. Find the address. Find a place to connect and belong in the, in the body of Christ. Then we want to mentor you. Somebody say mentor. We want to mentor you through our 101 and 201 books. The 101 book is called Welcome to Your New Life. We have leaders ready to take you through that book one-on-one -on -one to really encourage you to grow in your walk with the Lord. When you graduate 101, you get into the 201 class, Disciples Make Disciples. That's where we train you to be a leader in the church, that God has called us to grow here in the city. And we want everybody to be a part of that. We believe that every believer should be a leader. So that's our mentorship process. And we have leaders ready to invest into your life. Then we want to send you out. Somebody say send. We want you to do evangelism, go on the streets, preach the gospel, share the message of Jesus and the hope that he gives to people that don't know it. So every Saturday from 5 to 8, we're on the streets. That's our training ground. If you don't know how to street witness, we will teach you. We have some radical Marines for Jesus ready, boots on the ground to teach you how to do it. It's not a, a scary thing. It's just sharing the love of Jesus with those that absolutely needed in our city. All of our life groups have it. That's where you get trained. So in recap, MPI has a vision, a strategy, and a goal, a vision of loving God and loving people, a strategy of connect, mentor, and send, and a goal to have 100,000 disciples in Chicago with 50 churches here and 500 around the world. Let me get an amen. Praise the Lord. God is doing awesome things in our midst. At this time, we're going to prepare to get into our lesson about tithes and offerings. We have a book called Disciples Giving Book. It's a 52 lesson book, one lesson for every week out of the year to teach us how to put God first in our finances. So here at MPI, we believe that a tithe is 10% of our total income given to the church regularly. So that belongs to the Lord. 10% of our income automatically gets given to God. And then we also believe in giving offerings, an amount that is between you and the Lord after the tithe. And we designate that towards missions and building fund. We are very passionate about missions. We give towards various mission groups throughout the year. And we're in a building fund currently to raise new band equipment. So we are so thankful for all the generous people God has brought to our path. And so we believe very much in tithes and offerings. And today we're going to get in the lesson.
in the book. We are on section one of the book, lesson 13. The tithe is mandated for all. The tithe is 10% of our total income given to God faithfully. We're going to be reading out of 1 Corinthians 16.2. You can follow along on the screen. 1 Corinthians 16.2. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. That was the Apostle Paul teaching the church in Corinth how to save up their money and to give to the Lord. Let's read the three main points of that passage of Scripture. Number one, the early church met on Sundays, just like how we are today. The first disciples changed their main meeting day from the Jewish Sabbath, Saturday, to Sunday, the first day of the week, because it was the day Jesus raised from the dead. How timely that it's Easter today. That is why 2,000 years later, Christians still make Sundays their main day of worship. Number two, set aside some of your income. Notice how Paul refers to the tithe by teaching, set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income. This helps us understand that the early church followed Malachi's instructions and gave one-tenth from their total income, like how Jacob did before the law came with its different regulations and giving. So all this year we've been learning about how the Old Testament marries together with the New Testament when it comes to the tithe and giving the Lord our finances. And number three, Paul collected the tithe. Since Paul was the Corinthians apostle and overseer, he was trusted with the task of gathering the tithes and using them for God's kingdom. Just like in our times, Paul needed to provide for the teachers among them, care for the poor, and cover the church's expenses. So when you give your tithe, the leadership collects it and uses it for God's glory. And here's a summary. Follow the pattern of the first disciples by setting aside your tithe and giving it to the church every time you receive increase. We believe that we should be blessed to be a blessing. And when we're generous and we give with a cheerful heart, God is faithful. He will provide. And when we put him first, we're trusting him in every area of our life, even with our wallet. Amen? Here's the application. Number one, repent if you have not been faithful in setting aside your tithe every time you receive increase from God. And number two, be faithful either in person or online to give your tithe to the church for the kingdom of God. If that gets you excited and you're ready to give the Lord your best, let's confess this together on the count of three. One, two, three. The tithe was implied with Cain and Abel, revealed to Abraham, established in the law of Moses, and is still relevant for today. It comes with a blessing and curse. It must be qualitative, a priority, and a faithful practice in our lives. The tithe advances the kingdom of God, tests our maturity, breaks the attitude of greed through obedience, is mandated for all, and brings us into partnership with God and his church. If you are ready to give this morning, please stand up to your feet as we prepare to give the Lord our very best. He is worthy. We believe that tithe, giving our offerings and tithe to the Lord is an extension of our worship unto him. And again, a tithe is 10% of our total income. We designate offering towards missions and building. And if you want to look at the envelope, you'll see the different categories. I just want to always remind and encourage you guys to put the specific amount on each line of where you want your monies to be allocated. Here are four ways that you could give at MPI. Number one, in the bucket during the offering time. Number two, in the wall-mounted drop boxes. Number three, in the back with a credit or debit card. You can see Pastor Griselda for that today. She was the one that did communion. 
And number four, you could go online and use Chase Quick Pay, PayPal, or Bill Pay at mpichurch.org forward slash giving. So very easy, very convenient. We're also in the middle of a building fund. We're raising monies for the new band equipment. So we want to thank all those who have been generous, who have come on board. If you haven't joined us uh, thus far for the year, we want you to, number one, pray. Ask God what you should give. Number two, listen to what the Holy Spirit says. Be sensitive to that. And three, give and give generously. So we're so thankful for all that has come in thus far. And let's recite this verse together, Philippians 4:18. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Let's pray this morning. God, we thank you so much for your generosity, oh God. And we have set aside this sum, this 10%, God, our offering, our tithe that belongs to you. We put you first, God, knowing that you will provide for all of our needs. We seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, and we trust and believe that all these things will be added on to us as well. So I pray that you bless the gift and the giver this morning. Multiply it for your kingdom. Bless them on their jobs. Bless and prosper them. Give them increases, raises, promotions, oh God, I pray that your goodness and your favor would rest upon your people as they put you first and trust you to meet their needs. I pray that we would win Chicago and the nations, oh Lord, that the gospel will be preached to the ends of the earth. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Please come forward as you give this morning, and we thank you so much for your generosity. morning MPI. If you are excited to be in the house of God, can I hear you say amen? Amen. Come on, I am excited to be here. The children, the beautiful children are going to come up and line up in front for you. They have prepared something very special, two songs and a scripture. They've been working very hard in the back with Pastor Susie. Every Sunday we go back there we memorize scripture, we read Bible verses, we, we, we read them Bible stories, and they learn so much. And how many of you know what you put into a child, that's what's going to come out of a child. 
So we love putting Jesus into the children, and that's what they're going to show you today. Jesus is going to come out of them today. I'm excited to be here because we get to celebrate Resurrection Sunday. Somebody say, Jesus is risen. Come on, that's something to celebrate this morning. It's because of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection that we can even come in this place this morning. I know that God has done a mighty work in my life and in many of the lives of you here today. So as they continue to get ready, we just want... I know you guys are really excited to see your children. Please remain seated throughout the performance until they're done. Come on, Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. He sits on the throne. He sits on the right-hand side of the Father. That's what the Bible says, that he sits on the right-hand side of the Father even now, and he's present with us today. That's what makes Christianity so different than every other religion. That's what sets us apart, is that Jesus is alive. See, Jesus died on the cross. He was broken. He was wounded. He did that for you and for me, but he didn't stay on that cross. On the third day, he rose again. How many of you are happy that he rose again? He didn't stay on that cross. He didn't stay dead, and he did it for you, and he did it for me, and he did it for these beautiful children today so that they can stand here and they can pro proclaim that to you also. Come on, we're going to sing two songs. One is called Alive. The other one is called God's Not Dead. And we're also going to recite a memory verse, John 3, 16. So we're going to go ahead and recite the memory verse. Are you guys ready? Come on, let's recite it. One, two, three. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Amen. You pick me up now and set apart. The ash I am born again. Forever saved in my Savior's hands. One more than I'm worth to say. Oh, you are for all my days. 
Come on, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. Let's give them another hand clap as they exit. They did such a good job. They worked so hard on that. Come on, give it up for the kids one more time. Wasn't that beautiful? Woo! Well, I am your friendly neighborhood pastor. My name is Joe Y. Rostick. It's so good to be here. Sporting one of our new Chicago for Jesus long tees. We represent in Chi-Town. We know that we need Jesus in this city, don't we? And if you notice, what's something beautiful about our church is the multicultures. Did you see the colors of the rainbow in our children? Red and yellow, black and white, they're all precious in his sight. Latinos, la Latinas from all the different Latin American nations, gringos, Europeans, hallelujah. We can agree upon more than just pizza in Chicago, right? Because, you know, there's Cubs fans, there's Sox fans, you know, we don't, ag we don't agree on that, right? But we don't agree on politics. We know what we can agree on. We can agree on Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer for every culture, for every age group. It's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Can I hear you say his name? Jesus. One more time. Jesus. That's why we're here today. Now, we want to present to you our testimonies as a church. We know that friends and family came primarily to be here on Easter or see the children but we here at Metro Praise International want to show you why we come here every week. What's special about this church and what God has done in our lives. And so what we want to do is have people come up and share their testimonies. And what they're going to do is hold up a poster board. And they're going to show you who they were before they met Jesus. And then they're going to flip it around. Everybody say, flip it! And then they're going to show what God has done in their life. So do you guys want to see some testimonies from some of the families, from the people of this church? Can I hear an amen? Amen. All right, guys, come and line up. Let's get ready to do this. Y'all ain't never been to an Easter service like this. Come on. Guys, come on up here and line up. We're going to get started. Would you give a hand clap for these people as they come right now because they want to share this with you? Testimonies. All different kinds. Everything you can imagine, God has done it. Let's get started. If I told you my story, you would hear hope. I told you 
Let's stand to our feet and give it up for Jesus. Come on, give Jesus 30 seconds of praise for the glory of the cross, for the lives that he changed. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the house of God today. How many are glad you came to church? Man, I had tears in my eyes back there as I was seeing those testimonies. It's amazing what God can do when you give him your life. There is nothing impossible with Jesus. My story is a story of his amazing grace. And that's why we invited you here today. And that's why, friends and family, why you're here as well. We've all come to celebrate Jesus. We've all come to look to the cross and see that there is hope. And if at the cross he took my sin, then that means when he raised again, he gave me new life. He didn't just come to take away sin so I could have a get-out-of-jail-free card. He came to give me life eternal, life that would never end. That scripture, John 3.16, says it so clearly. It says that God so loved the world. People like us, sinners like us, people that make mistakes like us, that he sent his only son Jesus to die for us, to take our punishment. Jesus died the death. You should have died so that you could live the life that he lives. Now, if you think to yourself, I don't need Jesus to die for me. I'm okay. I don't commit that bad of sins. Listen to me. You're committing the worst sin right now, pride, because you think you're self-righteous. You think you're a goody-two-shoes, but you're not. You need Jesus, and Jesus came to save sinners. How many will admit Jesus came to save a sinner like you? Can I hear an amen? Would you open up your Bibles if you have them? Open up your Bibles with me to the book of John. John chapter 10, verse 10. We've been in a sermon series the whole month of March preparing for Easter called Abundant Life. Everybody say Abundant Life. Thank you. Abundant life is the kind of life that Jesus came to give you. Not a broke, busted, and disgusted kind of life. Not a barely get along kind of life. He came to give you an abundant life. Now, when many of us hear that, the first thing that we think of is abundant things. Abundant houses, abundant cars, abundant money. But that's not the kind of life he promised us. As a matter of fact, in this world, you may suffer. In this world, you may have things taken from you. People may do you wrong. Some of the greatest people in this world world did not die with a lot of money. Can I get an amen to that? So when I say abundant life, I'm not talking about abundant things. I'm not talking about a life that goes through the, uh, the rose garden singing in the rain. I'm talking about an abundant life in the midst of pain, in the midst of disappointment, in the midst of people letting you down, in the midst of an economy gone crazy, in the midst of a world that will one day be judged. God promises you an abundant life. Now, how do I know he's at his word? Because of what we're, how, can I, how do I know I could take him at his word? Because we're celebrating it right now. 2,000 years ago, he raised from the dead. And I don't have time to preach that message, and I've preached it many times before about the evidences of the resurrection, the evidences of the resurrection, the empty tomb, uh, the soldiers that were placed out before there uh, to guard it, and how they had to make up a story to say that the body was stolen by the disciples. Yet they never could find the body, and yet those very disciples said they 
touched him, they saw him, they ate with him, and they ascend, watched him ascend to heaven. And then those very disciples were killed themselves based on their eyewitness testimony. People will never die for what they know is a lie. And the disciples gave their lives for what they believed was true. Can I hear an amen? So the evidence of the resurrection is strong. But I want to talk about experiencing the resurrection today. I want to talk about if Jesus is who he said he is, if he did what he said he did, if we have the Bible and we can trust it, then I want to go right to the bottom line today. What does it mean for you and I? What does it mean? And I believe it means abundant life. Are you there with me in John chapter 10, verse 10? I want you to turn there with me, John chapter 10, verse 10. And, of course, uh, I have problems with my Internet today, but just be patient with this as we work on these things. But John chapter 10, verse 10 is not uh, iTunes up here, but it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to have to work or we're just going to shut it off. Go ahead and just shut it off. I'll go without it. Look at this scripture. I'm going to read it out of a version. It's called the Amplified. The thief comes only in order to steal, to kill, and destroy. How many have ever heard that verse before? The thief. Everybody say the thief. Now, who's that thief? He's the devil. He only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It says that Jesus came that we may have life. He said, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full, have it in abundance. So, my friends, I want to ask you this question. Has the devil been working on you or has Jesus been working on you? What do you have in your life today? Do you have the evidence of the thief or do you have the evidence of Jesus because you can't fake the funk when it comes to this. Everybody can pretend to be a Christian on Christmas and Easter. Everybody can be a Christer if they want to be. But you know, I know who we really are 24-7. Has the thief been stealing your purpose? Has the thief been stealing your identity, who, he, who God calls you to be? Has the thief brought death to you? Has the thief taken from you the things that God gave you? Has he taken from you your mind? Has he taken from you the promises of the word? And is he trying to destroy you right now? If he is, you need to call out to Jesus because there's eternal life in Jesus. This word abundant doesn't just mean barely get along life. So I want to go back to what I said. Jesus didn't promise a walk through the roses, but he promised an abundant life. What does that mean? That means in the midst of pain, there's an abundance of joy. That means in, the bun in, in a storm, there's an abundance of peace. In, in the times of betrayal, when people let us down, there's an abundance of love and acceptance from Jesus. In all the things that matter in our life, Jesus says, I'm giving it to you in the full. See, people can take your money, but if you got Jesus, they can't take your joy. People can take your job, but if you got Jesus, they can't take your peace. Hello, somebody. If you've got Jesus, you've got life. And the devil didn't give it to you, and the devil can't take it away. And when your body breathes this last breath, you will step into the presence of the Lord and be with him forever. Because the Bible says they can kill your body, but they can't kill your soul. And so we're here today in what is known in this life as the valley of the shadow of death. How many have heard that phrase before, Psalm 23? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff. They comfort me, right? Well, guess what? The whole world is a valley of shadow of death. 
Death shadows over us. We see the news shadowing over us with death. Fife Dog, one of my favorite rappers, just died. The death of his life shadows over me. He was only 46 years old. I'm turning 40 next year. Hello. See the shadow of death. You've lost loved ones. You've seen people die. And now listen to what Jesus is saying. In the midst of the shadow of death, when you see the shadow of death upon you in a world that doesn't last forever, where the devil is working to steal, kill, and destroy. He said, I came that you may have and enjoy life, that you can have it in your soul, have it where the body doesn't corrupt it. This body turns to dust, but your soul lives forever. Have it where nothing can touch it in your mind, where God gives you the peace that passes all understanding. Some of us have problems today. You're trying to figure it out like as if you're at a calculator. Well, why did this person do me like this? Plus this situation, plus this situation equals crazy. And you're trying to figure it out. And God is saying, throw away that calculator. Let me help you. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And you might say, well, I don't understand it. And God says, that's the way I give it. My peace passes your understanding. You can only figure it out up to here. And God says, I go up to there with my peace. The world throws at you everything it has. The devil's coming after us. This is true. We see it in everyday life. We experience it in Chicago. And now we're seeing it in the world around us with the upheaval of governments and and war. And Jesus is saying, I'm offering you a better way. Somebody say life. But to receive that life, you have to receive salvation. You have to be saved. You have to come to Jesus and say, I need you, Lord. That you would admit to yourself, that you would admit to others that Jesus is the only hope. You may not be able to see this, and that's okay because I can preach it better than it's up there. But some of us think that we're in a progressive salvation in this little part that you can see right here, 0%, 10%. What we think salvation is, is going to church and we're going to self-help ourselves. We're going to go to church like it's a gym and we're going to do the religious works and we're going to get better and better and better and better, lose more spiritual weight, lose sin. And, And what we think is, is that over time, if we keep doing more better things, good things, than we do bad things, that we're going to get saved. Some may say progressive salvation, but that's not what the Bible said. Progressive salvation is a lie. Jesus didn't come to teach us progressive salvation. What Jesus came to give us was complete salvation. Everybody say complete salvation. If I could beat this thing right now, I would. I want you guys to see it so badly. I preached it all this week and there was never a problem. There you go. You see, we look at it like I'm getting upgraded every 30 seconds or every time I come to church, boop, 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 boop. I'm 10% safe, Pastor. Look at me. I'm only 90% of the devil now. You come for a few more months, boop, 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 boop. You're 20% safe. Oh, I'm only 80% jacked up, Pastor. Aren't you proud of me? And then what people do is they go to their little book of the flesh, and it's not a real Bible, but they turn to it, second flesh, chapter 2, verse 11, This is what it says. God is still working on me, and one day I'll be who he wants me to be because nobody's perfect. And so we can have 10% of Jesus in us and 90% of pornography. We can have 20% of Jesus in us and 80% of bitterness, 30% of Jesus in us, and 70% of racism. 
hello, and we begin to make these compromises with the devil. But that's not what the Bible says. That's not what Jesus said. He didn't say, I came to give you partial life. I came to give you partial life and a little bit at a time. No, he said, I came to give you abundant life. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Just put up the screen for me, please. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, the old has gone, the new has come, and we are new now. Everybody say now. Look at this right here for the last time before I just shut it off. Amen. Just let me say, help them, Jesus. You know, we were so much better with, as preachers without technology. But I want you just to hear this today. That scripture is for you, 2 Corinthians, that if you are in anyone. Is anybody here in anyone? If you're not in anyone, what are you? If you're not in anyone, what are you? If you're not a part of the world that Jesus came to die for, then what are you? If you are in anyone, then this applies to you. There is no rat race. There is no gerbil wheel. There is no self-help gym of salvation. This is it for you, baby. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has. Get out of here. The new is here. So what are you right now? Be honest with yourself. Are you a new creation or are you not? Because if you're doing that mistake right here, believing that you're going to get progressively saved, you'll never be saved. The devil is lying to you. He's telling you something you can never do. Some people are like, well, I'm a self-made man. I don't know if I need God. Everything I got, I gave myself. No, you a self-made mess. You a self-made wreck. Hello. And if you're not looking at yourself that way, you are deceived. Let me just help the smartest person here. Maybe we have an atheist professor, right, from UIC that came to visit us and check us out and write a report on us crazy Christians, right? Maybe. You never know. And you may be sitting here with your Ph.D. in nuclear physics and biology. Listen to me. I want to just ask you one question, Mr. Smarty Pants or Miss Smarty Pants. Did you give yourself your brain? Well, where did that come from? Well, it came from evolution. It, I came from an animal. Well, where did evolution and animals come from? Well, it, it came from a big bang. What banged and who banged it? Have you ever tried to bang nothing? And, and can nothing bang anything? From nothing, nothing comes. I, I believe in a big bang, and I know who banged it. God said it. Bang. It happened. That's why you have a brain. That's why you have life. That's why you're able to argue with me right now is because God gave you a free will and you're not an animal sniffing your behind eating your own kids. We want to look at animals like they're all cute and cuddly. You need to go out in the woods sometime. Hello. They'll eat you. They'll eat their own. We need Jesus to help us, don't we? We need Jesus to save us. And so there's so many ways you can look at your life right now. Just be honest. Which one are you? You see, progressive salvation teaches you that you can focus on yourself, where complete salvation teaches you to focus on Jesus. It says, I'm going to look at Jesus, not myself. One enjoys sin and keeps using Christianity as an excuse. The other one says, I hate sin and uses the grace of God not to do it. See, I want you to get that distinguishment right now. There are people that are going to tell you, you can sin and God will forgive you. Therefore, you don't ever have to stop sinning. That's a lie. You wouldn't believe that from your kids. How many believe right now if a kid came to you and, and you're a parent, how many parents do I have? First of all, raise your hands in the air. Come on, parents. Thank you. If your child came to you and said, I can't help myself. I can never clean my room. I was just made this way. What would you say? What would you tell them? What if they came and looked at you and sang a leggedy gaga song and said, I was born this way, mama. I was born to live in a messy room. 
you would say, I was born to spank your behind. I was born to raise you right. I was born to help you be a different person, right? Or anybody here that respects the law, how many think that if somebody got pulled over today for running the red light or going 90 miles an hour on the expressway, that they could just tell the police officer, I was born this way. I was born to go fast. I can't help myself. Nobody's perfect, pastor. Nobody's perfect. Or a police officer. Nobody's perfect. You think the police officer's going to go, well, then go ahead. You think the judge is, and let's get a little more serious. You think the judge is going to say to a murderer, well, you know, I've wanted to murder people too, to be honest with you. And, uh, you know, nobody's perfect. So, hey, just go have a nice day. Now, if we wouldn't take that from our own kids, if we wouldn't, if a police officer wouldn't do that, if a judge wouldn't do that, why do we think God's going to do that? You see, progressive salvation focuses on yourself, makes little of the gospel, and the gospel is what we're preaching today, that Jesus died on the cross for your sins to give you new life. It enjoys sin, misuses God's grace, justifies their sin by comparison. Well, I'm not so bad. Look at Hitler. Look what Hitler did. I'm so much better than Hitler. Look at little Wayne. Oh, look at that person. Look at this person. I'm so much better than Donald Trump. Look at me. I will never treat people like that. And we compare ourselves to each other. But listen to me. On Judgment Day, you're not getting compared to Donald Trump. You're not getting compared to Oprah Winfrey. You know who's going to be there? Jesus Christ. How do you compare to him, Mr. Goody Two-Shoes? How are you going to compare to the perfect spotless blood of God, the Lamb of God? You might say, well, I don't commit that many sins. Oh, really? I got a calculator right here on my phone. Let's just figure out an estimate of how many sins you commit a day and in your lifetime. Y'all ready for this? Somebody like, no, just put it away, Pastor. No, I got it out. I'm going to be sassy up here. Watch this. On average, once you say you at least commit three sins, tell a lie, take something that doesn't belong to you, are unforgiving, unkind, take the name of the Lord in vain, young people disobey your parents, put something else before God, idolatry, become jealous of what somebody else has had, has become bitter in your heart. I would say on average that most, most people will at least sin three times a day. Well, let's say you do that every day of the week uh, for 365 days in a year. That's 1,900. 95 sins a year. Are you listening to me, Mr. Goody Two-Shoes? Mrs. Goody Two-Shoes, are you listening? And now let's say you live to be 80 years old, and from the time of your conscience, you were 10 years old. You could know right from wrong. How many believe a 10-year-old can know right from wrong, right? So let's take 70 years of you on average committing 1,095 sins. You know how many sins that is, you standing before God on Judgment Day? That's 76,650 sins. Now, how good are you? You think on that day Jesus is going to go, well, nobody's perfect. Let's just forget about all this little stuff. No, you see, we need to take sin serious because Jesus took it serious. If you want to see how serious Jesus took sin, look to the cross. Can I hear an amen? They neglect God's word. They'd rather read the newspaper, Facebook, and all of these things. You know, I love that meme on Facebook that says, you say you don't have enough time to read God's word. Your Facebook status, Maury Povis shows you, says that's a lie. Because you keep updating on Facebook all these lame things you're doing. Well, I'm going out to eat with my friends. Oh, take a look at me, selfie at work. Look at all this. And then you say you ain't got no time for the Bible. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Get, get out of Facebook and put your face in his book. Hello. Try that. Try that on and see what happens. People say they're powerless against sin and temptation. Well, I just can't help myself. I just, I just can't help it. Sin's so powerful. Have you ever heard of the Lord's Prayer? Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Is Jesus and the devil, are they in some little wrestling match? 
No, Jesus defeated the devil. So today, if you are saying sin and temptation is too great for you, you haven't brought your big brother, Savior, Jesus Christ, into the picture yet because when you call on his name, sin and temptation will flee. We give the devil too much credit. We lack faith, but we want to be religious. I mean, just look at all the religious people we have in our world. And I want to be kind when I say this because I don't want you to think I don't like people from other religions. But I have a book in the back on Islam. I understand other religions. I'm getting my doctorate right now. I have to study them. But I'm telling you, every other major religion says you can reach up to heaven by changing yourself. Hinduism, just keep doing the crooked chicken pose. Do your yoga um, and find your center. Islam, praying five times towards Mecca, praying five times towards Mecca every day, doing the five pillars. Buddhism, you know, then mm, walking on rice paper with the monks up in the Himalayan mountains. The religions that have broke away from Christianity like Catholicism, and listen to me, I got Catholic relatives too, but pray to St. Mary, pray to this saint, go, go confess your naughty things to Father Tom in a dark closet. The Bible never told me to go to Father Tom in a dark closet and confess my naughty deeds. It gets quiet when I preach like this in Chicago, but I'll still preach like it. Jesus never told us to put candles by a water stain. But you see, we want to be religious because we'd rather be religious than be right with God. Because religion allows us to make our excuses and say, oh, well, I tried. I tried the crooked, the crooked chicken post, and it just didn't work. Oh, I tried confessing my sins to Father Tom, and it just didn't work. I, I tried that. Oh, I went to that church and sang in the choir, and I, I tried that. You see, we've been trying all these things except trying faith because the Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God. But if you have faith in God, nothing is impossible. All things are possible to those who believe. Can I hear an amen? It gets more sassy than that, so hold on. Find others to agree with them. Well, I don't like this church. I can just see people right now. I don't like this church. What's that pastor talking about up here? I'm going to go back to the church I used to go to where everybody agrees with me. We're all busted and disgusted living in sin. And so is the pastor. He don't mess with me there. Well, listen, if you want to find a church as backslidden as you on your way to hell, you can do that. But I, if I were you, I would get around some people who are going to heaven. I find a church that preaches like this, that tells you the truth, that actually takes the prayers of Jesus serious. Lord, you said that you would lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Do it right now while I'm about ready to look at BigHooters.com. Deliver me, Jesus, from porn. Hello? Deliver me, Jesus, from getting angry with my wife or about ready to have a divorce. Get, get real with me, Jesus, and God will get real with you. If you work the word, it will work for you. Stop this religious stuff. That's why I don't care about dressing up like Father Tom up here today with a collar. I don't care if you don't think I'm a pastor. I've been made a pastor by Jesus Christ, and I am who he said I am, and I can do what he said I can do. Amen. And I'm going I'm to whoop this screen. This, let me just tell you what's happening right here. We use an Apple product to do our presentations, and it works flawlessly every day except Easter. And so we have promoted these dumb movies all throughout our biggest service of the year. So, so, so God is good. Amen? Now listen. Now some of you may say, Pastor, well, what are you saying? Do you never sin? No, I'm not saying I never sin. What I'm saying is that I found some way in Christ to not love sin anymore. You see, Christ in me has taken away the desire for sin. And when I find in me that desire come back, I know it ain't God's fault. It's my fault. You see, the Bible says that Jesus came to set us free. Somebody say freedom. 
Freedom is not just temporarily. Freedom is something that can last. When I got saved, I was on drugs. I was a high school dropout. And this scripture meant something to me. It said that Jesus taught when he was on the earth, if you hold to my teachings, somebody say hold to my teachings, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You'll be my real disciples. And so I want you guys to understand, Andrew, would you come up here, please? I want to do a demonstration. I want you to pretend this black rag is the teachings of Jesus. And let's just pretend you're El Diablo. You're muy, muy, mo. Yes. Ah. Satanas. And you're coming to take the teachings. Come on, take them out my hand, devil. But I'm not letting them do it. Because if I hold to the teachings of Jesus Christ, I will know the truth. And the truth will set me free. Can I hear somebody say amen? Thank you, Andrew. He's not the devil. He's a great guy. So you may say, well, pastor, why do we still sin? Because you do this. Here's the teaching that says don't cuss. But somebody cuts you off in traffic and you just go, well, I might as well cuss then because they deserve it. What we do is we make excuses and we say, well, I don't have to do this. I don't need to do what God says. Let's just keep it real. There's a lot of people here living together that aren't married. And you're saying, you know what? You're saying, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get married one day. But until then, we're going to keep hooking up, having sex, doing what we do. And that's nobody's business. But listen, the reason why you do that and don't feel bad about it is because you took the teachings of Jesus and threw them out your life. And you took a hold of what Oprah Winfrey teaches about getting together with Stedman and made that your life first. You made what Lady Gaga teaches. You made what somebody else was saying. And you took that and believed it. But I think it's time you throw back to the devil what he's been given to you, send it back to hell where it came from, and start living for Jesus. Bring me up that Apple remote so I can do something with it, please. I think I can fix this midstream here. You see, what we think is, I'm going to get free by changing myself. And Jesus says, I will change you, and then you can live free. What we're saying is, I'm going to make myself a new person, and then I'll live right. And Jesus is saying, you're dead. You can only live right when I make you new. You either believe it or you don't, friends. Go back over your Bible and see if it's true. What we need to understand today is that freedom is a gift from Jesus. And it's up to you whether or not you use it to stay free. Everybody, let's just get sassy with ourselves right now. Raise up your right hand right now. Come on, please. Thank you. Now put it down whenever you want. Just put it down whenever you want. There you go. Now who did that? You did that. You know why you did that? Because you're a free will being. You have the decision today of whatever you want to do. No one made you put it down. Some of you are going to keep it up just to see how long you can do it. That's up to you. I don't care. You see how long you can keep it up. But my point is, you put it up when I asked you to, and then when you wanted to put it down, you put it down. See, all God and the devil can do is ask you to do things, and you decide what you do. God says, over here is freedom. Come on this path. He said, he leads me. The Bible says he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He leads me there. Now, if you don't want to go there and be a stubborn sheep, he's not going to break your legs and drag you on the path of righteousness. There's not going to be somebody up in heaven going, oh, my gosh, how do I get out of here? Jesus came over with the white van of some angels and kidnapped me. He opened up the side door and says, hey, psst, kid, you want some candy? And I came over and checked out, and it was Jesus, and he brought me inside, and he took me up to heaven. There's no kidnapped victims in heaven. Hello? And there is nobody in hell being forced there. You know what hell is? Giving sinners just what they want. An eternity without God. That's what hell is. 
Listen to me. I believe in the biblical hell. So don't come at me going, how do you say God loves people and then sends them to hell? Let me tell you about how God loves people and lets there be a hell. Because God's not a divine kidnapper. I love my wife, and we have signed a covenant together to be married, but she can leave whenever she wants. If she doesn't want to be my wife, she can leave. If I don't want to be her husband, I can leave. Hello, somebody. It gets real, doesn't it? If you don't want to go to heaven, you don't have to. All you have to do is just keep living how you're living and think you don't need God. And then what you'll experience is a place we call hell, and we make it all goofy. But let me tell you what hell is. Hell is where God is not. What you experience here is a taste of God's goodness in the midst of a shadow of death. In the midst of good and evil, in the midst of a battle against the forces of evil, you still experience a sanity of your mind. You still experience the joy of having children. You still experience the good food that you get to eat in satisfaction. Hell does not have satisfaction. Hell does not have a sound mind. Hell does not have pleasure. Hell does not have light. Hell does not have any sense of joy or peace. Why? Because God is not there. Do you not want God now? You will not have him in the end. Somebody say, help me, Lord. As you're looking at a beautiful picture of San Francisco, <laughs> let me continue on with what I'm trying to say here. Just a few more moments. Vinny, would you come, please? It is your decision right now whether or not you want eternal life. It's up to you. My mother and father are here, and they'll tell you what I chose for many years of my life. They'll tell you that I didn't choose Jesus for many, many years of my life and that I did whatever I wanted. So you're not talking to anybody up here that doesn't understand sin. I understand sin just like all y'all understand sin. But they'll tell you there came a time at my mother's kitchen table, November 5th, 1995, that I said, I don't want this anymore. I'd rather have Jesus. Would you just turn this screen off for me? Oh, thank you, Lord. But that day, November 5th, 1995, I had no idea, no idea that I would be standing here 20 years later. No idea. You know why? Because God's life was abundant. All I thought that day was if, I, thank you, sir, all I thought that day is if I can just get, if I could just get off drugs, I would be happy. I'm just turning off this devilish thing right now. Apple, you are a liar. The father of lies. There you go. And you know what? God said, I'm going to take you off drugs. But I'm going to do more than that. I'm going to give you back your family. Within one day I was off drugs. I haven't done drugs in 20 years since November 5th, 1995. I didn't take 12 steps. It was one step to Jesus. Amen. Can I hear an amen? That wasn't me. Now, right there, I was like, man, I'm off drugs. Praise God. I, I, I can think again. I can have a sound mind again. Like, wow, that's amazing. But literally, then within a few hours, I said, I have nowhere to go now because all I've been staying with is people who do drugs. And then I said, can I come back home? And my parents said, sure, as long as you don't do drugs. And I'm like, I'm good with that. I don't want to do them anymore. So now I had my family back. I'm talking within one day. It may not happen like this for you, but I'm just telling you my testimony. That, then within a few weeks... The life of God got even more abundant because now I'm off drugs. Now God puts me back in school. And then I begin to go to college. And then I go to Bible college. And then I begin to study God's word and start preaching and teaching. And then by the time the first year's gone by, 
I'm looking back over 365 days and I'm going, God, I never would have imagined you would have did that just in one year. And now as years have gone by, I can literally track back. And I'm not saying it's always been easy. I'm not saying that there hasn't been problems, but I can track back and I can see life in the midst of pain, life in the midst of sorrow, life in the midst of death, life in the midst of rejection, life in the midst of problems. I could just, I could just see God doing life in this world through me and in me. And then getting married, having kids. And now I'm 39 years old looking back on 20 years of life. And honestly, if I was to go home, because we got into a car accident. Some of you know this, but we were driving home with all four of my kids, my wife and I, six of us in a minivan. Uh, it was that day when it re- uh, snowed really hard. I think it was right at the beginning of December, that first snow. A guy ran a red light, scariest thing you're ever going to see, right? Rounds a red light, comes at us, boom, totals our car, totals his car. My wife starts screaming, her ankle's broken, you know, all of that. But I'm telling you, if I would have died that day, and I would have went up to heaven. I would not have said to Jesus, why did you do this? Why? I would have said, Lord, thank you. 20 years, God, I got to see you. 20 years, I got to meet you. I got to see my children. I got to see my wife. I got to see a church. Oh, God, you were so good to me. Even if my life was cut short. Why? Because we're not promised a long life. Listen, we're not promised a long life, but he promised us us a full life, an abundant life, a life that if it was to end today, I could say it was full and overflowing. Have there been problems? Absolutely. Has there been tests? Of course. That's why I got a testimony. Amen? Which one do you want to hear? I got all kinds of testimonies, but here's the deal. Life overcomes death. Are you experiencing that today? Life overcoming death. Jesus defeating the thief. Peace instead of turmoil. Joy instead of sorrow. If I could leave you just with this, I would say to you, you can trust Jesus. Doesn't matter what you're going through today. It doesn't matter the situations that have disappointed you. You can trust God. Would you just close your eyes with me today and take in what we've heard before we go, please. Thank you for coming, your patience. Would you examine your heart, as the Bible says, and just see, is Jesus the Lord of your life and have you been living for him? And if you haven't right now, we're not going to call you up and do that. We don't do that at our church. We'll do a time of prayer at the end just so you can be an understanding person of what we're doing here. We're not calling you up. We're not raising hands. We don't do that here. We're not even going to have you repeat a prayer with us. To us, that's, that's all meaningless if you don't mean it. Because right now is where it matters most. What I want you to do as just a pastor, as your friend, as however you see me today, I just want you to look at your heart and be honest. And are you living for Jesus? Is the abundant life of God in you? And if it's not, will you have a heart-to-heart with God right now? Because you come into church won't fix it. It won't fix your family. It won't fix the problems. The only thing that fixes these things is Jesus. That's it. And Jesus is not religious. He's too awesome for that. He's too awesome for that. Jesus is so much smarter than we ever give him credit for. Come on, just look at your heart as I just pray for some of you. Jesus, I pray that you'll look at our hearts and speak to us. I believe you can speak to every one of us right now. Speak to me. 
Show me if there's any excuses I've been making to live for you, not to live for you. There's probably three different types of people here. If the first kind is you've never even heard a message like this, and it's already interesting you because you're, you're learning what Jesus really was all about. If that's you, just right now say, Jesus, I want to be born again. That's very similar to a lot of the ones you just saw up here. They weren't religious people, but they heard the message of Jesus, and they said, man, if that's what this is all about, then I want it. If he died so I could live, he takes sin so I could be forgiven. Come on, just do it right now in your heart. Jesus, here is your heart. Now there's probably another group of you. You're Christians, but you're lukewarm. You're half in, half out. You keep playing the game, and you know it ain't working. And I don't have to get up in your business and point out every mistake of your life. You don't need a preacher to be nosy. The Holy Spirit's already told you what you're doing is wrong. And so you need to get right with God. Just do it right now. Just in your heart. Lord, today give me life. And if you want to get sassy, tell that devil I break up with you. I break up with perversion. I break up with anger. I break up with bitterness. That's what forgiveness means. And repentance, it means you're breaking up to live a new life. You're getting out of one bad relationship into another relationship. You're saying to the devil, I'm not falling for your lies anymore. And then there's others of you here today that when you walked in these doors, you said, man, I'm giving it 110%. I may stumble, I may fall, but I, I am all in. The Bible says that we're to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, our neighbor as ourselves. And there's some of you here that are like, man, I am there. I, you know, by God's grace, I'm doing that. And if that's you, I want you just to right now ask him for strength and show you if there's any potholes coming up, any tricks of the enemy to give you wisdom. Because the devil's a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's always around the corner trying to find a way in. And so you come today just believing that God has something better for you and he's going to protect you. So there's probably about three groups of people. The one who just never heard it before, the one who's halfway in, halfway out, and the other one says, I'm sold out for this. And all of us can pray to God and be honest with him in our own words. I'm going to ask the band to come. And we're going to worship to a song that we've been singing all this month, Jesus Be the Center of It All. And as we do, some of you are going to make this your prayer. And what that's going to mean is that Jesus becomes the son of your galaxy. You're going to start revolving around him. You're going to stop making excuses. You know, I do marriage counseling all the time, and it breaks my heart to hear what couples go through. And you know what I want to remind every couple here today that's gone through hard times? Make Jesus the center of your marriage. Husbands and wives meet at the cross and let God heal both of you change both of you I talked to so many young adults one of my favorite testimonies that almost brought tears to my eyes was Shamal's testimony he was the African American gentleman that had the board that said hateful flipped it over peaceful and that little thing just brought tears to my eyes because if you knew the neighborhood that Shamal came from and how we started reaching out to the west side in the midst of gangbangers in the midst of drug dealers and what God did in his life as a child and has kept him and has saved him you would understand, young people, that God is so real. That if God can do it in Shamal, God can do it in you. Married couples, young people, old alike. A few more moments, you talk to Jesus. Jesus, I need abundant life. Stop the devil's thievery, destruction, and death in my life. 
In Jesus' name. If you don't know how to pray, we talk to the Father. Father God, in Jesus' name. It's that simple. A few more moments. You can talk. You can pray. Do it right now. Come on. You and God. You and God. Abundant life is waiting for you. Take it. Seize it. Don't let go of it. Hold on to it. Hold on to it. I'm just going to pray a couple more moments for some of you here today. Some of you are, are so tempted to let go of it. And I'm telling you, hold on. Hold on. I remember being a young person taking uh, fishing trips when I lived in New Orleans to spring break uh, places. You know, I'd be, I'd, the weather would be changing like this. And, you know, you live in the south. It's always good to go to the beach. And I would go there. And, oh, man, it was so wild. And I was like 23, 24. And I'm like, man, I ain't never seen nothing like this. And sometimes I'd be fishing by myself. And the devil would just be like, psst, psst, come on. Come on. You're in Bible college. Nobody's going to know. Psst. You're just a church. You're just a pastor of a small church. Nobody's going to know. Psst, come on. Come on. And I'll be honest with you. It was a real temptation at being a young man watching these people party at spring break when I was on a fishing pier. But you better be real today. Because I got real that day and said, God, I can't let go of you because you've done so much already. I don't want to go to hell. There's nothing there for me. I don't want that, God. Take it out of me. Change me. Guide me. And you know what would happen as I start to pray? My focus would go to something else. Hey, I'm going to catch a fish. Oh, I'm going to go do this. God will answer the prayer of those who mean it. You pray. Some of you are praying to win the lottery, and you're like, well, God, don't answer prayer. Stop praying dumb prayers. Why don't you pray this prayer? Father, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Why don't you start with that one? God will get you. You'll have God's attention real quick. Oh, what you say? Oh, let me help you. Well, delete that Internet account. Shut off that computer. Share a Facebook account with your wife. Oh, start giving in the church. Tell your boss you've been clocking out early. You know, God will tell you real quick how to get honest in life. Just a few more moments. I mean it today, God. I mean it today, God. Some of you aren't used to this. You're used to a preacher like me now telling you to pray a prayer. We're all going to do something. No, no, no. You better get right with God. I can't do it for you. Lives will be changed right now if you'll mean it with God. Lives will be changed. Families will be changed. Now, would you use your best imagination? All of us have been given that by God. And imagine what your abundant life looks like as you walk out these doors. That's faith. And now would you just begin to thank him in your own words and say, I thank you, Lord. I don't see it yet, but I believe you. Come on, some of you need to imagine a better marriage as you walk out these doors. Some of you need to imagine being free from some addictions as you walk out these doors. And that is faith because you're not putting a quarter in a wishing well. You're putting your hope in God. You're saying, Jesus, you are powerful and mighty and can change lives. Do it in mine. I want to see families change. I want to see lives changed. Last prayer before we sing this song. Now, Lord, all of us here have gotten real with you. Those who, who have gotten real, I should say, all of us who have gotten real, I pray now we see you in a new way this week. That we'll see your light in the midst of darkness. When we're about ready to act out on a habit, we'll sense you pulling us back. We'll have encouragement We'll have strength in Jesus' name. Can everybody say amen? Would you praise the Lord as you stand up today? Come on, let's stand up.
Would you sing this song in closing? Jesus, be the center. It's a simple song. If you don't have the words, it's okay. Jesus, be the center. Be the center. But I want to say, from beginning, the center. Come on, how many are going to sing that out today and mean it before you go? Altar workers, would you come, please? From beginning to the end. From beginning to the end. Jesus. It's always been you, Jesus. Come on, one more time. Jesus, be the center. Jesus. Jesus, be the center. How many of you are singing that and meaning that today? I know I am. Let's do it together. Jesus, be the center of it all. From beginning to the end, it will always be. Now let's sing it again. Let's say, Jesus, be the center of my life. Make it personal. Jesus, be the center of my life. My life, starting right now, God, be the center. Jesus, be the center of my life. From beginning to the end, from morning till night, to birth to death, it will always be. One more time, and then we're going to shout out from my heart to the heaven. Come on. Jesus, be the center of my life. Jesus, be the center of my life. If you're with your family, maybe hold their hands right now and say, Come on, honey. Come on, kids. We're going to do this from beginning to the end. From beginning to the end. It will always be. It's always been. Now let's shout this out as our declaration. From my heart to the heavens. From my heart to the heavens. Jesus be the center. It's all about you. Come on, who means that today? Abundant life is for us. Let's come and get it. From my heart to the heavens. Jesus Jesus be the the center. Sing it a few more times from my heart to the heavens. Jesus, be the center of my life. Be the center of my marriage today. Be the center of my family. Be the center of Chicago. Be the center of our jobs. Be the center of our politics. Be the center, God. Be the center, God. Come on, who else wants Jesus today? Won't you shout it out like you mean it? From my heart. It's my heart today, God. Jesus. One more time and just the drums and voices. Come on, from my heart. From my heart to the heavens. Jesus, be the center. It's all about you. Yes, it's Come on, one more time. Voices raise high. Come on. From my heart to the heavens. Jesus, be the center. It's all about you. It's all about you. If you believe it, give God a hand clap of praise. Come on, saints. Give him a hand clap of praise. Jesus, yes, it's Jesus. 
Would you guys hold somebody's hand before we roll out of here? We're going to pray like a family. Come on. Let's stretch across these aisles. Hold somebody's hand. Look at my brother Ishmael coming on correct on Easter. Woo, look at you. Look at you. Tell your neighbor I was so glad that you came here. Tell him I'm so glad you came. Now look at him and say, you better come next week. I'll come looking for you. If you don't, <laughs> I'm going to find you. If you need prayer for anything, for healing in your body, help with your walk with God, come see these altar workers. But I want you to remember, they're not casually dressed Father Tom's. They're not here to save you or hear your little naughty secrets. What they're here to do is be a brother or sister to you saying, let's do this together. So if you want to mean business with God and get another brother or sister in your life, you just come on up. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. But listen, we are going to pray this out now that when we leave out, we leave out with resurrection power because Jesus is our Savior and our God. What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? Who died for your sins? Who's the Lord of Lords? Who's the King of Kings? Who's the boss? Who's the boss? What's his name? Lord, I ask you to bless your people. Send us out in your power in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Slap your neighbor high five and say abundant life. Keep singing it like you mean it. Come up for prayer. We'll see you next time. You're dismissed. If you need prayer, come on up. Otherwise, have a great day. Have a great week. Yes, it's all about you. From my heart to the heavens. Jesus, be the center. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. From my heart, from my heart to the heavens. Jesus, be the It's all about you, yes, it's all about you. From my heart to the heavens, Jesus be the center. It's all about you, yes, it's all about you.